Welcome to Conversations with Mayi Lenz. That's me. I'm your host, a photographer obsessed with helping women lead unapologetically. On this show, you will hear not only from me, but from other amazing women who inspire me and are making a difference in the community. What does that mean, leading unapologetically? To me, it's leading from a place of authenticity without apologies. In other words, not seeking approval for being yourself, what you care for, and value. My goal with this podcast is to inspire and help women develop powerful confidence in themselves and recognize the value we bring to the community and the world as a whole. Whether you are a stay-at-home mom, entrepreneur, pursuing a career, or growing your business, we are here to build each other up. Let's learn and grow together. Welcome to another amazing episode. If you're new to our community, thank you for tuning in. I am so excited that you are here with us today to learn and grow together. Today, we have a special guest, Lauren Gaggioli. She's a purpose-driven digital entrepreneur, SEO expert, online course creator, and homeschooling mom. Are you still a homeschooling? I am. Yes. <laughs> Lauren's story is all about finding balance and unity in her life. And she's here to share with us her insights on purpose-driven entrepreneurship and the pursuit of fulfillment. And who doesn't want that? Welcome, yes. Lauren. So excited to have this conversation with you today. Thank you so much for having me here, Mai. It's going to be a wonderful episode. I'm just so grateful to you for the opportunity to share my story and hopefully help folks out there who are looking to really build stronger mindset around their entrepreneurial ventures. It's a it's an important task. Yeah, that's what it's all about, right? And mm-hmm. and I am sure you will help and impact many people with this conversation. But before we dive into today's topic. Uh, Let's start by telling everyone a little bit about your background and where are you located? (laughs) I'm coming to you from Seattle this morning. I live on the east side of Seattle. Uh, And um, gosh, my entrepreneurial journey, you could go back to my childhood and see like the seeds planted there. Um, But I went to school for acting. So I have my BFA in theater from NYU. And after college, I moved out to LA and I was doing the audition thing. And um, while I was there, I, you know, a lot of people wait tables, right? So you have all the future actresses and actors waiting tables, but you're also competing against the directors, the producers, the musicians. Like getting a waiting job in LA is probably harder than landing your dream gig. So, because <laughs> everybody flocks to it, it's really flexible. It makes sense. But I was like, well, I'm I'm not qualified <laughs> to wait tables in LA. So instead, I'm gonna go back to my uh, educational roots. And I always loved teaching. Uh, I always was like a peer to peer tutor, and so I started teaching the ECT and SAT. And I started with a large company and then quickly realized I had a real knack for it and creating connection with my students and helping them find their unique way in to the test. And very quickly, my my kids' results outpaced those of the companies. And so I realized I was onto something and I branched out. I worked on my own as an in-home tutor. And then after that, realized after getting married, like I worked 
five to nine, basically, and all day on the weekends. And my husband works a regular nine to five. So after we got married, I was like, oh, I will never see you if I keep doing it this way. (laughs) This is a problem. Uh, So, and, you know, thinking about having a family, I really wanted more freedom and flexibility. Um, And so I decided to go online, which was a little like breadcrumb dropped by one of my uh, clients. One of the dads was like, Lauren, why aren't you on Twitter? And I didn't understand the question because I was so geographically bound. And he goes, you you know, you have to get on Twitter. You have to get on social. You have to reach out and learn more about entrepreneurship. And that's where I found like Pat Flynn and Michael Hyatt and learn more about passive income and the idea of building online courses. And it all kind of clicked together. And so I built Higher Scores Test Prep, which is an online ACT and SAT prep company that I sold in 2021. Um, so I built it for seven years and got the seven-year itch and <laughs> helped, handed it off to a colleague who is is doing a lovely job of stewarding its growth. And then um, after that, I was like, well, where, where do I go next? Uh, what do I want to do next? And the, the through line in my business, one of the reasons that I think I found such ease and abundance, I mean, I I worked, I had the four-hour work week, you know, and I was full-time momming with little, little ones all the way through the pandemic and still making at least part-time and often more income, anywhere from three, although more on average, 5,000 to 15,000 months. And so I did that through the ease that comes with SEO, with knowing uh, that Google has your back. And so SEO is where I decided to plant my flag uh, for this new venture. And that's what I'm helping entrepreneurs do while also helping with the mindset side too, because, you know, understanding your purpose as an entrepreneur is so, so vital. And it's really, really important that as we move forward and as we execute strategies, we're always connecting back to how does it feed what I envision for my life? How does it dovetail with core values that I hold? And how does it then help me make the next right steps? Wow, that's a pretty amazing story. So as a purpose-driven digital entrepreneur, and you mentioned Pat Pat Flynn and for those people who doesn't know know him, you might want to go and search him. He's amazing. He has a lot of free content for you to learn. Um, and he talks a lot about podcasting as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, so how how do you define your purpose in the digital world? That's a really great question and actually leads to a story. So when I had my daughter, (laughs) um, when I had my daughter, I came to the realization that I had often defined who I was by who I was with. Mm. So I have some like codependent tendencies, um, let's say. (laughs) I've learned better now, but that's where I started. You know, we're always growing. Um, And so I found that I was kind of phase shifting, right? So like Mm. if I was with my parents, I was in the role of daughter. If I was with my husband, I was in the role of partner. If I was with my friends, I was in the role of, you know, supportive girlfriend. Like I had these these sort of disparate visions of myself and 
it wasn't a lie. It was just that like who I was slightly shifted. And so I was kind of always off kilter and off center because I didn't know Mm. who I was. And then when I added this new identity, this all encompassing identity of mother to the mix where my daughter's alongside me and now I'm with other people and was like, ooh, like I'm no longer siloed and fractioned like I, now I'm crazy because I'm trying to like shift between two two or three identities altogether and going, <laughs> this isn't working. So I realized something had to give. And about the same time, I had this kind of revelation about my ACT and SAT students that some mm. of them were motivated intrinsically and some of them were motivated extrinsically. So some needed the carrot to draw them through to do the work. Others were like, I know what I want from my college experience. And test prep might not be my thing, but it is in service of a greater cause that I have and and a stronger sense of purpose. And so I can commit and do the work happily because I know why I'm doing it. Mm. And so kind of born of these two sort of tensions – of me looking at at this the kids and at, at me looking at my life, I started kind of wrestling with it, and I realized that I needed an all encompassing purpose statement. Who is Lauren? What does Lauren contribute when she is in flow and in doing what it is that she, above all of the roles she has and above all of the relationships she has, what does she, as the one who is in each of those spaces bring to the table. And so crafting a really singular big why statement that encompasses everything is just such a unifying experience and it gives you such clarity. So I'll give you an example. Mine is I help others actualize their unrealized potential. I'm the person who's really good at shining a light on new information or what already exists that maybe you don't see, helping you see blind spots, and then coming up with an action plan to bring that out into the world in a more visible way. And that is why I love teaching courses. I love working with content creators and entrepreneurs. I love helping them see the magic that already exists and figuring out how to make it more palpable and bring it into the real world. And so I created a course around that. I initially built it for my students, but I kind of built my own life raft in that. And in doing that work and in doing the curriculum I created, I found such calm and peace because when we know our purpose, we can say, yes, I did one thing today that fits under the banner of purpose. So when I homeschool my kids, I'm helping them actualize their unrealized potential. When I get a call from a girlfriend who's struggling with a problem and she needs a book to read to help solve it, I'm the girl, right? I have a solution. I have something that's going to help shine that light and help you bring it into action and solve the problem. I do it with my clients. You know, I do it in a lot of different ways, but I'm also really clear when I'm sitting on the banks of the river of purpose and just like having a picnic, you know, it really (laughs) brought this clarity to both work and rest. And in that, in that clarity, I have found so much that elusive work-life balance. I have found so much more of that because I'm so clear that it's not just entrepreneurship where I fulfill my purpose. And I don't feel like 
I ever go through a day where I don't live in my purpose, the question is just to what degree? How? What's the volume of time that I spent in purpose-driven work versus standing to the side and saying, I'm just going to have a rest now? And that's been life-changing. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so how – and what is your course about? Can you talk a little bit about that? Because um, I was going to ask you, like, in your perspective, how can – um, entrepreneurs, the you know, the people out there listening to this conversation break free from that feeling of being locked into their chosen path and find that sense of fulfillment. Yeah. So um I have a concept that I I, I think I coined the term. I don't know, maybe not. Maybe somebody <laughs> else said it somewhere, but uh entrepreneurial enmeshment. So if you are feeling like you have to save your clients, like to the point that you're going above and beyond what's contractually obligated. If your feelings of self-worth fluctuate with your P&L, if you're looking at how much money is coming in and that's that's nudging your emotions in any particular direction, you might want to check out the article I wrote about it because it's a really, um, I think, it's something that I've seen that's fairly common. I put a term to it, but I think it's a pretty common one. Um, that a lot of us struggle with, right? We're we're all trying to figure it out. And also we can feel like we're thieving time from other places. Like when we're with our family, we're like, oh, I'm not working on my business. Oh, that feels wrong. And then when we're with the business, we're like, oh, I'm not with my family. Like <laughs> right. this lack of presence and groundedness, I think all stems from being a little dodgy about your purpose statement or having 53 purpose statements and trying to live 53 purposes. Like I think Purpose has to be this like overarching thing. And I think the where, where the work really begins is by stepping back and slowing down, which entrepreneurs don't like to do. <laughs> it's stepping it, stepping back, slowing down, and really getting clear on what your values are. Really looking at what already exists and where you feel most in flow. And then saying, okay, this action is where I feel good, where I feel most alive, where I feel some sort of positive feeling. And we kind of lift that rock up and go, what value is being supported by that action? Or what value am I living out in that moment? And we go that step further. Have you, Maya, I'm curious, have you ever had that experience where like you've done something it was amazing. And then you go to do it again and it's awful. <laughs> yep. Many times. <laughs> so yeah, I think what happens is we think the action is the thing that brings us joy, but it's actually not. So sometimes, you know, I, I'm not someone who really loves shopping, right? But I think back, it was something my mom and I used to do together a lot. And so it was a moment of connection with my mom, but if you give me the choice, I am going to shop online, order everything, and I will return 90% of it. <laughs> like, I do not want to go to a store and try on clothes. But in those days, like, that was how my mom and I connected. It was an activity she enjoyed. And so I would go along. And, like, because it was that, because it was fulfilling that connection, it was a different thing. It wasn't about right. the shopping. It was about connection. So – and I think, too, sometimes looking at the things I said go to positive stuff, but sometimes the things that really um, 
uh, Glennon Doyle says, the things that piss you off or break your heart will point Mm -hmm. you in the direction of what really matters to you. But it takes a while to untangle that. It takes journaling, which I know you did a great episode about. It takes untangling what's going on in your head and like telling the squirrels in your mind to like get out on through your fingers onto paper and to, you know, really make sure that you're you're looking at it and and thinking about it. And the more we bring that up and call it out of our uh, the uh, the invisible inside and put it onto paper, the more you can start to see the threads that connect it all. And that's where you find that unity is by weaving all those threads together. Yeah, that's, yeah, amazing. So, and and let me bring this other point um, because a lot of um, the listeners too are either solopreneurs and, and you mentioned, you know, like we think that we are supposed to be working at all the single time. Like even when I'm meditating, I'm like, I'm doing this. Yes. Uh, no, 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 no. This is my time. <laughs> this is me time. This is me time right now. <laughs> so, um, and they might be thinking, oh, you know what? But I'm a mom, and sometimes it's yeah. really hard. And you know, I have teenagers. So, you know, for me, it's a little easier, even though they don't yeah. have cars yet. So I'm still their Uber. <laughs> so it's, it's you know, I have to work around their schedules. Um, but for mommies out there that are still have, you know, either homeschooling because you're homeschooling. Yeah. Well, how yeah. has homeschooling impacted your journey as an entrepreneur and your ability to maintain a sense of of balance in in, in your life, like you were saying, that unity? Yeah. Um, so homeschooling is something I always knew I wanted to do. My kids are four and six. So, you know, we're at the beginning of our journey. Um, and I just really love getting to know how they think, who they are. I have this notion of, I want to be a archeologist in my parenting, Mm. not an architect. (laughs) You know, I want to uncover what is rather than build up what I want to see. And I really want to get to know who they are because that connection with your true self, like my greatest fear, I think, is is <laughs> messing them up, right? I think every parent's greatest fear is messing them up, which is why when anything goes off the rails, we all go like to extreme reactions because we're like, if you are four and coloring on the walls, that means you are a criminal in 20 years. <laughs> like we we project and we're like – Right. Okay, like stay in the moment, stay present with this tiny human who just is not broken, right? Our tiny humans are not broken. They are amazing. They have so much to teach us. Um, and I think being alive to that is really important. And so I think it's it's presence. It's presence when you're working. And, you know, I, I had a girlfriend – because I, I do struggle with this sometimes. Like when I am working on my business, especially when I'm also their caretaker. Like I do have my in-laws here and they take care of my kids a couple times a week, which gives me such such a gift. Like it gives me such space to just exit the mom building and fully work. Um, but I will say that when I do have to sit down and crank through some emails while they're playing or what have you, um, there can be a little notion of like, ooh, I should be over there, right? And then I have to remind myself like what I want matters too. And I think this is another gift of naming your purpose. Like 
yes, I can I can live my purpose while teaching my kids. I can also be fun mom who's just hanging out, watching a movie, you know, playing a game, whatever it is that we're doing. You don't always have to be in purpose. And so making sure I have balance there, usually if I feel that tug when I'm working of like I – and have them, that I should be doing something else, it's usually that I have not filled the fun mom cup, right? That I have not spent time outside of my purpose with my kids. And that's when I will go, connection's important. I'll go and say, hey, why don't we play a game or, you know, what are you guys doing? You know, do a little imaginary play for 15 minutes or so. And, and that usually helps alleviate that, that sense because the mom guilt. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Also it's, I had a girlfriend remind me, I, sorry, this is what I started saying. I had a girlfriend remind me kids who have parents who don't make them the center of the universe, their kids are more balanced, right? Their kids understand that there are other things outside of themselves that matter. Now, obviously when they're too in need of snack and don't leave you alone, that's not the moment to teach that lesson. But what right. they watch as you set boundaries around the work you do and how it matters to you. Like I also am really clear about how I talk about my clients with my kids. And I'm really clear that I'm helping somebody and I love doing that and it lights me up to do it. And if I go to a conference, I had so much fun. Like conferences are a vacation for me. I love them. I know. Uh, I love them too. Do you really? Yes. Oh, yay. Conference buddy. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I make it really clear that I'm not leaving them to do something I hate. I'm leaving them to do something I love and it's important for me. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's, it's prioritizing. Yeah. Prioritizing your time and being fully present. Yes. And you know, there, there's so much, um, to learn from, from children and it's that curiosity, Mm -hmm. you know, it makes you feel, you know, like. How can I be, how can I bring their curiosity into my, into my space, to my business? You know, like you start being more curious about the things that you want to do and and that you want to build. What practices or or strategies have you found um, most effective for you in unifying that sense of self in achieving a more balanced approach to, to life? I honestly think it's getting really clear about where I stand and then being really like giving myself a moment before I enter any room to just take a deep breath and remind Mm -hmm. myself of who I am and what I bring to the table and staying grounded in Lauren as opposed to Lauren as friend, Lauren as this, Lauren as that. You know, I think um, trying to keep myself, my messaging, my, you know, all of it, like that, that idea of just like, I need a beat to remind myself that this is a different way to be than I have instinctually done in the past. And I backslide, right? Like, I think that that's also really important to state, like right now I'm having a season, right? Like I'm having a season of like, wow, I feel really ungrounded and untethered at times, like not all the time, but I'm just noticing it's a little worse right now. And I think it's because it's a time of high stress in our family because the holidays, everybody's birthday oh, is in the fall and we're, <laughs> we have travel on the horizon. I went and spoke at a conference and now we have another, like a family trip. Like it is high stress right now. My brain is in overdrive. And so I'm having 
a harder time because I'm distracted. And Mm -hmm. I think just giving yourself grace and knowing that it's about like a spectrum of of where you stand, not a you're on and you're off. And just when you notice it, uh, my friend Jen Hoffman from healthymoving.com often says this. She's like, sometimes noticing is enough. She does body work and yoga work. And she's like, if you notice you're out of alignment, sometimes noticing is enough. And your brain is magical and will help your body fix it. Like you will do that same shift if you just have that awareness. I think when we have those feelings that we are out of off center, that's where we have to say, okay, I need a beat to figure out why. That often involves, in my world, journaling. It involves reading, going back to inspirational stuff that uh, fills me up or teaches me something. Brene Brown is a really good guide in those moments. Um, And really just giving yourself time and grace. You mentioned meditation. That's my next foray. You know, I've, I've, I have an itchy brain. I'm not sure it's going to work so great for me at first, but I will, I'm willing to give it a try to find that peace and quiet. Um, but also like I, I like to run and I like to run without listening to stuff. And so that, that is where I find peace. And then I come home and journal and that helps me get back to like zero back to a grounded place. If I feel off kilter. I love it. I love it. And and, you know, I can, um, somebody listening might say, um, you have an expert in SEO. You cannot go without asking them at least <laughs> one question about this. I have a, I was telling you off, offline that I have a background in web design. And yeah. sometimes, you know, people think that it's, you built it like that saying you build it and they, they will come. <laughs> and it's like you design it and I will do the the pretty stuff right the, yeah. the design and the back end also some coding or whatever what whatnot you know and so can you share your journey of becoming an SEO and organic marketing expert what what motivated you to specialize in in this field I think it really comes down to a pain point that I see often in the entrepreneurial space, this sense of not enough time. And I have so many things I want to do. What do I do first? Well, I have so many things that I need to do. What do I tackle? How do I have time and bandwidth to do anything more? And I think that the challenge with being successful in a lot of spaces is that unless you hire it out, it actually adds more to your plate, more to-dos, right? The more visibility you get, the more social posts you're going to feel compelled to do because you've gotten a leg up in the algorithm and now you have to do more. Um, Google is, to me, self-care for your business. And when it's done right, it can be self-care for you as the entrepreneur as well because it is the only thing I know that generates greater returns once you get into the system And you don't have to do more to keep that up. You do need to be consistent and deliver fresh content to the internet via your website. Ideally, it's keyword researched and structured appropriately. And there's a lot of different things technically that you can do to help yourself elevate uh, your website. But there is what I call the organic freedom tipping point. 
And that is the point at which you are garnering so much traffic from Google that if you did no other marketing, you wanted to not podcast ever again, you wanted to not do a social post ever again, you are getting enough traffic from Google alone that you are making your revenue, that you are hitting the revenue goals you've set. And that tipping point is different for everybody. The organic freedom tipping point is a, a clear goal. And I think too, it's not just about SEO. It's not just about getting found in Google, which is what a lot a lot of SEOs, they stop there, right? I like to always take it a step beyond. I did this with my test prep. My test prep had a course about how to turn your test scores into cash for college. I, I explained the whole scholarship game to folks. This is my yes and situation over here on the SEO side. It's not just SEO. It's not just getting people to your digital doorstep. It is helping them walk through and say yes to engaging with you. And there are a lot of different things you have to know to make that happy happen. It's about turning strangers on the internet into happy clients. It's not just about getting strangers on the internet to come to your website, right? You can't stop there. You got to go that next step beyond. And so I highly, highly recommend that if anybody's been avoiding this, they really think about it because it is magic and it is not something that the average entrepreneur can't do because I will tell you as a solopreneur, so my first company I worked, it was me, my mom, and my dad. My dad did the accounting. My mom did the shipping of our books. Beyond that, everything else was on my shoulder, like everything. We had the website built, and I did not use contractors for anything other than website traffic, or or, sorry, website building, like the technical side. Everything else, content creation, marketing, sales, podcasting, video creation, curriculum, I did it all. It was all me. And so as a solopreneur, I was still able to generate 16,000 new users per month via organic traffic. And before somebody says, but my space is really crowded, I was up against Princeton Review, Kaplan, Revolution Prep, all these large names big corporations that had SEO spends, like they could contract out and pay somebody to help. I still did it and was able to garner enough traffic that I was, like I said, in consistent revenue. My monthly average, I was making $5,000 a month with a, it's 70% profit margin. And I was doing it by working four hours a week with a newborn baby. Wow. It's doable. It's doable. So, so, so SEO um, with, uh, with social media and, and AI now, <laughs> so SEO is still relevant. Absolutely relevant. I mean, unless you think Google's going away, <laughs> which I don't think any of us think, right? Yeah, I don't think so. And, and just, something very important to mention here for somebody listening now that I asked you if, if it was still relevant. Um, we know what happened not too long ago with social media that um, I think it was Facebook, if I'm mistaken, or or Instagram that went just black. Like Oh, I don't remember of, that. Um, it could be a couple of years ago. I don't remember. Like, oh, I, oh I am yes. Terrible. Yes. I am yeah. terrible with, with time. Me too. <laughs> me too. My kids are always it like, how old am I? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Let me do the it math. It could have been a year. But, but you know, and, and 
and it could be the black owl, but it could be that not not yes. a black owl, but you know, Instagram can tell you tomorrow, you know what? I don't want you on my platform. You're gone. Yeah. And everything is gone. So yep. bringing people always to your space, to your website, mm -hmm. it's always, always, or to your newsletter. I'm terrible with newsletter, but. <laughs> Email but list. Also, so maybe you can, you can add a little more to that because I haven't been on that space for, for a long time. I told you, I do have a background in, in web design, but that was yeah. many, many months ago. <laughs> so most of my stuff might be. Maybe some of my stuff might be irrelevant nowadays, but I doubt it. A lot of it's <laughs> timeless. You know, yeah, I think yeah, you bring up a really good point. A lot of people are like, well, do I do SEO or social? And I say, do both. But if you have to choose, I would far rather go with Google, which is going to elevate your content for years, not a day in the algorithm. And with Google, you know, when people have a problem, they don't Facebook it. They Google it. Mm -hmm. And I think part of the whole play of being an entrepreneur is you solve a problem for somebody, right? So if you can reach that person at the exact right moment that they are needing your services and asking Google about it, that to me is far of, depending on your business model, is going... and. I say depending on your business model. Everybody's business model will benefit from showing up in the search results at the exact moment that somebody needs your services. Now, some people are more fun, right? Like I have a lot of friends who podcast about Disney, right? If you run into that on your social feed, you're happy to engage with it. But not all of us have those businesses. A lot of us are solving a problem and we're not social friendly content like ACT and SAT people did not want to see me they they were like they'd see my <laughs> post they'd scroll faster right but when or they needed me yes right <laughs> but when they needed me they'd go to google and if i could show up there then i could help solve their problem alleviate their their issues whether it was by providing information or directing them to a sales page and those are two different kinds of queries how you treat them has to be different but when you understand how they work together and understand how it helps flesh out your website it really gives you such um a leg up right and google's whole thing is to get you off their platform google's a matchmaker Right? He's like, come to me, ask your question. I will hand you the most relevant content. So if you write quality content, no matter what algorithm changes happen, Google is going to elevate the best content. Every algorithm change is pointed to that. We know that this is not so in the social spheres. So it's about if I have to choose where to spend my time, my most precious commodity as an entrepreneur, as a solopreneur, if I have to choose where to spend my time, I'm going to start with Google. If I have time to do social, great. But social for me is not necessarily a business strategy. SEO is my business strategy. And so having that mindset really helps me delineate how much time to spend and where. Yeah. And not to mention YouTube for those creating content oh. via video. Like it's everything under the same umbrella. Yeah. Owned by Google. Two of yep. the most powerful uh, search yeah. engines, YouTube and and um, Google, which is owned by the same company. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. And if you can optimize, so this is something else I'm doing. I'm not building a YouTube channel per se. I have a YouTube channel, but I'm not building a YouTube channel. I'm using YouTube as a hosting site for my videos that I embed on my website because that connection is then noted, right? Google knows and I have links and all that. Um, I'm starting to play with that and seeing what it does for me. We'll see. That's something that's going to take a little time to come to bear because I've only, I've only been doing it for a little while now, but it's, it's, a, it's something that I think will pay off in the long run. So yeah. That's something that I'm starting to, you know, as a photographer and, yeah. and content creator, you know, like I have to, like every time I say, I'm going to get into this, I'm going to get better at Google, at YouTube. And yeah, I, I, you know, like something else comes up and it's like, it's crazy, but yeah, something that I'm going to be playing with. Um, so let me switch it up a little. Yeah. What is your perception of beauty? Oh, uh, it's in the eye of the beholder. To beauty. <laughs> <laughs> um, my perception of beauty, I like from a personal standpoint, or it, or whatever comes to your mind, whether it's personal or I love you know, the natural world. You know, I really I live in Washington. We've got a lot of like gorgeous trees. I really love seeing what Mother Nature dishes up. That's, that's, I think my, my favorite iteration, but I also have appreciation of like going to museums and experiencing art. I think it's interesting because I always look at pieces through the eye of the creator and like, wow, like what compelled them? Like, what's the story underneath this? Why did they create it? Even if it's not my aesthetic. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I had a feeling you were going to go with art. I don't know why. Because okay, of so my my markers, my marker art on my wall. <laughs> I love fancy it. in here. <laughs> what is one thing? Because this is the heart of my podcast. What is one thing you stopped apologizing for that helped you go to the next level in your entrepreneurship mm -hmm. or anything in life? It's something I'm working on right now. Um, apologizing for st being strategic and swift to make connections. I have a knack for connecting dots and I do it very quickly and I can get on a roll. And when I put that into work for myself or my clients, results pop very fast. And I have a tendency not to trust things that come quickly, um, but I think I need to start leaning into believing it and not apologizing. I'm always happy to double back and re-explain something if I went too quickly for someone else. But if I have made the realization I need to trust it and and not apologize for having come to those conclusions quickly. I'm working on that. That's that's a work in progress. Yeah. That that idea of just blinking it, you know, that sometimes that's enough. Like when you do the Malcolm Gladwell strategy, you know, if if you are informed and it's not just like based on nothing that you know your brain is 10 steps ahead and has has made connections you maybe can't articulate yet that um that's okay. 
you're allowed you're allowed to move more quickly than the rest of rest of the pack if that's who you are or slowly like don't apologize for your pace yeah i love that that's interesting Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to close with this. Uh, what would you say to entrepreneurs who are struggling to find their purpose and and are feeling trapped like we were talking about in their current business journey and divorce or however they are struggling? What what do you want to leave them with? I think we often want to hold struggle at arm's bay or arm's length. We want to hold it at bay. We want to not look at it and go, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'll just keep going. I'll just hustle. I'll just push. I'll just, you know, all these things. If you are feeling out of alignment, listen, because if you think about you're on a path, if you are heading in the wrong direction and your vector is off, right? Your, your compass needle is pointed in the wrong direction. The longer you travel on that path, the further off from the mark you're going to be. You have to course correct. That's part of life. I think we're taught not to put our heads up and look and scan the horizon. We're taught to just push down and go. So if you are feeling that way, pause a minute. Like obviously keep things moving forward that have to be kept moving forward. Strip everything else away and give yourself time to assess if you are an action taker, if you are a hoop jumper, a a people-pleasing person who just puts yourself to the side, at some point yourself is going to say, raise their hand, and they'll probably do it really quietly at first. And the, the better you can get at listening to that, the ultimately stronger your conviction will be that you are moving in the right direction if you take a moment to process it and course correct as needed. Like I said at the top, Brene Brown is a huge, huge, amazing guide in this place. Braving the Wilderness, Changed My Life, Rising Strong is fantastic to help you with that process as well. You must do the work. Uh, Maybe you need a clearer purpose statement. Maybe it's a single strategy that's just not serving you anymore. It's okay to change and say no and mix it up. But for entrepreneurs, we have a tendency to try to blow up our business model, it is okay that business models are boring. Your business model should be boring. I sell online courses, period, full stop. That's what I do. It's really boring. It's very iterative. And I just keep sending emails and making money on the internet. That's just how it works. The other stuff can be fun. The marketing can be fun. Don't blow up what you've built in service of novelty pause and really get realigned. I love that. Pause and realign. Yeah, that's something kind of hard to do sometimes. Just pausing yes. and oh. just being fully present <laughs> and say, okay, where am I, where am I right now? <laughs> yes. Yes. Because we're so busy. Entrepreneurs are like the most wonderful, caring people on the planet. Like they just want to help other people, but they're also really creative and like it it it's so tricky. It is so tricky to find that balance. And especially if you're also a mom on top of it all, like your attention is being pulled in many different directions. So get centered in who you are and how you want to move through the world first. And then you'll be able to find your way. But my goodness, 
treat yourself well in those moments because it's not, you're not failing. You're, you're living. It's just part of life and you will figure it out. Yes, I love it. I love it. Thank see, you. I knew we were going to end up with the great notes here. Where can people find you and connect with you? Where are you most active? So my website is laurengagioli.com. If you're curious about naming your purpose, you really want to like step into it and fully get that like crystal clear statement, that's at bigwhylife.com. It all lives on laurengagioli.com. It's just easier to say Big Why Life and Gagioli is hard to spell. So bigwhylife.com will take you straight to that page where you can learn more. Um, I I would love if people connected with me through email. Um, you can hop on my email list. The first email asks who you are and and what you're about, and I would love to hear from you. So you just hit reply to that first email once you're on the list, and I get to know who you are. I also have a mastermind. It's a drop-in mastermind. And so $25 for your first session when you use the discount code FRIEND. So it's an hour I cap it at six entrepreneurs. And if you just need that like little shot in the arm, like a little something, to a little pick-me-up, you have a question, you know, and you just need a sounding board. I've been around a long time. I started my first online business in 2014. So um you know, I'm, I'm here to, to help support you. And if I can't help you, I know someone who can, because like I said, I love conferences. So, um, (laughs) I like going and meeting a bunch of people and it's just fantastic. So, um, yeah, those are the main ways, but I am also on Instagram. I don't do Instagram right for, for, you know, work, but, uh, if you want to see, have SEO and kids photos and maybe a picture of something I, I made, uh, knitted or, cooked. <laughs> you are you are welcome to join me there. That's at Lauren Gaggioli. Oh, I love that. And I will connect with you there. You have a beautiful day. Thank you, Maggie. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in today. If you found this episode helpful, kindly consider sharing it with your friends, family, and community. Also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share your thoughts with us on social media, on Instagram at MaggieLens or on the Conversations with MaggieLens Facebook page. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Talk to you soon.